This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in the Holy City of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount at Asha Torah. Today we're talking about uh, the second part of tripping. Um, our sages tell us, the Kabbalists tell us that we're supposed to be, their words are Lita'el Ba'otiot, Lita'el which means to travel in the letters. That, that they say we're supposed to travel inside the letters, meaning you're supposed to click on a letter or in a word and go into it and just go and go and go and go. Probably there's no one in this room who doesn't have an excuse to not do, let's say, for example, your uh, silent meditation, Amidah, the silent prayer we do, or Birkat Hamazon for like, 45 minutes each time for like half a year. Why? Because you you don't even know what you're saying because you haven't tripped into the letters yet. You haven't tripped into the words yet. So you haven't clicked enough on them. I'm not asking you to do it all at once. I've done that. I did it all at once. And I was in 45 minutes Shemona Yasser for like nine months maybe. Every single Shemona Yasser because I refused to do Shemona Yasser without tripping into it. And taking each word and going in and in and in and in. And where's that go? And where does that go? And where does that go? And then when I felt like I exhausted my path in the search into that particular word in Shimon Esri, then I would move to the next word. And I didn't mind taking the time to do that because I felt like such a faker to skip over it anyway. I couldn't live with myself. So at least this way, when I finally got lunch, which I missed every day, because Mincha was before lunch. Um, when I finally got lunch, scraps of the leftover scraps of Asian Torah's lunch, I would, um, I was okay, and I was satisfied. First of all, spiritually, I'd been in another realm, so that was fine. I didn't even have that much of an appetite after that realm. And, and secondly, is I, I could live with myself, that I'm not just going over things. I truly believe that the reason why none of us want to wash anymore, and they're turning every bread into Mazonas, these days is because is because our our souls can't take another birkat amazon without paying attention to what we're doing. Our souls can't take it. Our souls are allergic to us ignoring our spiritual path. Speaking of which, I have to make a bracha. Or I'm going to start like swallowing my tongue. I'm getting dry. Ba. Let's burn some sage. That would be fun. So here we have some uh, Israel sage. 
already burned a little. I was leading a hypnosis session a couple hours ago, so I, I, uh, I was hoping my client wanted sage burning, but I didn't ask, just like I'm not asking you. So we're going to get a little burning of sage. It's just so special. Amazing. And it's amazing that this smoke's going up. It's just going to dissipate and disappear. But you're going to smell it across the room, which is really amazing. Because the um, because nothing happened next to you. And somehow you'll smell it. And that's why... That's why smell is considered the most spiritual sense. That's why God blew the soul into the nostrils. It's, it's your most spiritual sense. And it, it doesn't even require um, tangible physical contact because you're not going to have any physical contact with any of this. But it's somehow will permeate the room eventually if, if it doesn't set off a fire alarm. <laughs> if the fire alarm does go off, though... Don't worry, they will just say, Yom Tov must be here teaching a class. Burn a little more. You smell it yet over there? Not yet? You smell it already, Lucian? You guys smell it, yeah? I smell it. Okay, great. Excellent. All right. I just need a place to put it. Um, why don't I have a little more water? Nothing flammable. Um, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Can I have one of those pieces of paper towel, please? It is something flammable, but please God, it's going to be great. Okay. Now, and I'm so sorry that we don't have the smell for you, those who are watching this live or uh, watching these videos. They, it's a shame you can't smell the sage. But we'll smell it for you. Okay. Now, you smell it back there yet? Yeah. Yeah, you got it back there? Okay, good. Okay, excellent. Now, um, we, what we're doing is we're starting with Baruch, okay? And we did this yesterday, so I'm going real fast on Baruch and Atah. But I forgot to tell the story yesterday that I taught this class, Baruch HaNatah, yesterday's class, to a group. And one of the people in the group was a really vivacious kind of charismatic guy who was real outgoing, kind of extrovert type, uh, wild guy. He, um, he didn't know any Judaism at all. Like, this was his first Torah class ever. And he didn't know Aleph Bet. He didn't know how to read Hebrew or anything. And what he did was he, he really knew Baruch HaNatah well by the end of our hour. Just like, uh, you know Baruch HaNatah pretty well? Excellent, because we went through it for an hour. <laughs> Baruch, that's all he knew. So he goes into Shabbos the following day, and he went to synagogue, you know, went to shul. I don't know, he went to the Kotel, and the day, whoever he ate with, he went to their shul. And anyway, he came up to me Sunday, he said he had the holiest Shabbos ever, and he went, he davened the whole Shabbos. And he says, and he, all he said the whole time was Baruch and Atah. So he like went to shul on Shabbos day for like two and a half hours. And the only two words he knew were Baruch and Atah. And he said it was just super special. And, uh, and you said something nice, Chava. You said that, that uh, his prayers were probably of the highest prayers in, before heaven. 
you know, in heaven that Shabbos because he was into it, Baruch Hanatah. He was not ignoring it all. Okay? This is, uh, uh, it's not getting too smoky. It's too smoky for us. This is more than I usually ex- would do when I'm privately meditating. But I'm trying to give it to everyone else right now. It looks like it's almost out. Kind of. Okay. So, so real quick, let's just get Baruch and top. <laughs> let's try it again. Let's get Baruch and top. So we got Baruch. And then we've got Ata. Okay. And real quick, Baruch means... We're not going to, I'm going to explain why, but it means to humble yourself, and, uh, and God is the source. Uh, God is the source of sustenance, okay? Ata means God's essence, and that you are one with, one with his essence, which is your soul. One with his essence. Okay, Atah is one's essence, right? When someone's calling your name, they're not talking your essence. When someone's speak, calling you you, Atah, when someone uses the word you, they're talking about essence. And the reason we could call God Atah, which is chutzpah, it's second person, you shouldn't really be calling God Atah. Like a king, you call your, your highness. And judge, you call your honor. And the president is Mr. President, third person. But when it comes to God, we call him you, it's chutzpah. The reason you call him you is because you've already humbled yourself using your birkayim. When you said baruch, you lowered your stature. And when you lower the stats, when you lower the body, what comes up? The soul. When you lower the body, the soul comes up, and your soul and God are one because you're made of, you're chelakilakamimo, you're created in the image of God. So you're one with God, ultimately. Clear? So that's why... You can call God you is because you're contemporaries, just like two judges playing tennis. Do not call each other your honor. Okay? Now, the next word is the yud and the hey. I'm going to put a dash just so I can erase it later. Yud and the hey and the vav and the hey. And the yud and the hey and the vav and the hey represents, I mean, we could do about 10 hours of class on yud, hey, and the hey. But for us, we're just going to talk about was, is, and will be. Okay? Was, is, and will be. Which means that haya, hey, 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 you would hey, haya was, hove is how it's spelled, which lets you know that the present tense is where God's hanging out. He's in the hove now. Now is the USB cable interface between God and creation. Hove. Okay, yud is chachma, that's just the idea. Okay, and, and Hove is now. Okay, and you're made of that, by the way, because you have you have a yud is your head, and then you have a five fingers, a torso is the vav, and five fingers. So you're like a walking yud ke vav ke, and you can actually it, it actually creates a body if you look at it like this, yud and hey and vav and oops, that's a male body there. Yud and hey and vav and hey, okay. So it's uh, it actually creates creates the human body there. Yud and hey vav because we're created in the image of God, and in fact, amazingly, that the DNA you know you have this double helix that is in every single micrometer of your body. This double helix, these two spirals that are connected and they're held together, or else you would die. They're held together by bridges. And those bridges have acids on them. 
And uh, I don't know what that means. I'm not a chemist, but each bridge has a certain amount of acids on it. And uh, f- of your on that bridge, the first one has 10 acids. The second one has five acids. The third one has six acids. And the and the fourth one has five acids, which is Yud and Hay and Vav and Hay, and then it starts over again. Meaning God signed his name on your on the cells of your body. Not only your body, everybody. Every living organism that with its DNA is has been signed by God on its on its what holds it together has the signature. What holds those double helixes to one another are bridges, and those bridges have the Yod and the Hay and the Vav and the Hay on them. Aren't yeah. there more than one word for God and why specifically those letters? Um, we're really big into this particular name and I teach classes on each name and uh, there's lots and lots of names but we're really into this name mostly we're discussing it because it's in it's the third word of a bracha so we say it a lot and Shema Yisrael we use this name and God uses this name in the Torah more than any other name so it's like clearly a big one okay but it, what it really represents is God beyond space and time you know like if this circles space and time and this is outside space and time okay so this is the word that best represents outside space and time. Okay? And you're inside here, inside space and time. Okay? Looks like you need a chiropractor. But that that's you inside space and time, and that's outside space and time. And that's the yud and the he and the vam and the he. So it's like Hashem surrounding creation. It's the tortilla, but an ongoing tortilla. It's not the rice and the beans. It's beyond creation. Clear? Okay, excellent. So, uh, what else do we need to say about it? That's about it. Um, I apologize for writing the word will be instead of will be. I wrote a name, will be. And that's only because I was once teaching Persians in uh, Los Angeles. You can sit there, I guess. Um, there's other seats here, too. I was teaching Persians in, uh, in L.A., and my brother's olive-skinned. Dark hair, a little too tall to be a Persian, but dark-haired, and he snuck into this class of 200 Persians, and I didn't even notice. He just was in there, like, in the audience, and I was teaching about God's name, and, and I was saying how God is, was, is, and will be, and he stands up out of his chair in the middle of my class, it was in Los Angeles, and says, Rabbi, speaking, speaking like a Persian, he's like, Rabbi. I understand that God is, and I understand that God was, but who is this will be? Who is this will be? And the whole crowd kind of turns and looks at him. Will be? And I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, this is my brother Sam. (laughs) My best friend growing up was Persian, and he... uh, he, they were, he went through puberty when he was nine. And he was already buying us beer when he was 12. His father got him a car when he was 14. But the, uh, the, the funny thing about this family is they're, they're very short and, and we're very tall in my family. And, and, but we grow late. Like I only grew when I was like 15. So they would overfeed me and say, we will grow him. We will grow you. We will grow you. We will grow you. And I'd just be like, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't eat another bite. And the, uh, but today if I see them and I go to their events, so, you know, I'm like a head taller than his family. And he always elbows his wife in the ribs and says, we grew him. (laughs) (laughs) They don't believe in DNA. So anyway, the, um, so that's the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, which is God surrounding space and time. 
Okay, and this is God before space and time. This is God beyond creation, beyond the space-time continuum. Okay, so let's work on that one. We're not going to say the name, and we don't say it anyway. We say we use the name Adna, which means master. Okay, we say Ado and then Noi. I'm not going to say it straight. So that's why I said and then Noi. Ado and then Noi. It's not Nai, by the way. It's it's a it's a comets under the Nud Nun, so it's Noi. Okay, that's important. Like I know people think like Hasidim are always saying Oi 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 when they're davening. But the, the actual Shem Hashem is Noi, okay? That, that's the actual biblical pronunciation, ask a Yemenite, okay? It's actually Noi. Um, but you do meet people who say Nai, and um, uh, you, you can still say Amen after it, but I know people who won't say Amen after their bracha because mm-hmm. they're so badly mispronouncing that particular vowel. Um, I do say Amen after people who pronounce God's name, Ado, and then Nai. Um, but it is very specifically supposed to be more contracted there. Okay, that's a contractive. Comets is contractive. Patach, I, is expansive. It's masculine is expansion. Contractive is the feminine. And every vowel is either expanded or contracted. Okay? Now, um, okay. And what we're going to do now is practice all three words, but let's just first practice Hashem. And we're not going to say... We're not going to say uh, the Adna name. We're going to just say Hashem. But we're going to have in mind, was, is, will be beyond space and time. Okay? Was, is, will be beyond space and time. And let's begin. Okay? We're going to take three deep breaths. By the time we inhale the third breath, we're going to close our eyes. You can close them already if you want, but I'm going to close mine then. So everyone, no one feels self-conscious. I know some people are not used to closing their eyes. I will feel your eyes open, so please don't make me feel... Uh, self-conscious while we're trying to meditate here, okay? So then I don't have to try to meditate. Can you even meditate if you try? It's like trying to fall asleep. How does that work? So, okay, here we go. Inhale, nose, exhale, mouth. Inhale, nose, preferably abdomen. Expanding. Exhale, mouth. Inhale, nose. We're going to say Hashem. Hashem. Okay, inhale. Exhale louder. Hashem. Inhale. This time you're going to go. I'm going to explain it. Go long. Hashem. This is God surrounding space and time, beyond space and time, was, is, and will be. Adon is master of all. Inhale. Louder, please. Hashem, surrounding space and time, beyond space and time, was, is, will be. Creator, master. One more time, inhale. Hashem space and time, causer, asserter. Okay, open your eyes. Now we're going to do Baruch Atah Hashem. Here we go. Inhale. You're going loud with, you're going to stay on the ooh, like Baruch, and I'm going to explain while you go, okay? So you can have your eyes open or closed, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to be looking at the board, just getting stuff, explaining stuff as you go. Um, once you get it, we'll do it three times all the way through. Inhale. 
And that's you humbling yourself. You're stopping to recognize God as the source. You're not the source. He's the source. You've humbled yourself. Inhale. Adam. You're talking to God's essence. Second person is the essence of a being. Okay, when you're one with his essence because you've humbled yourself, the soul's contemporary with God. Inhale. Hashem. That which surrounds space and time was, is, will be the master of all reality. Excellent. Okay. You're on your way. Okay, now we're doing the next word. The next word is Elokeinu. And that word is, to put a space there. Okay, it's Elokeinu. But Elokeinu is a construct between the name of God called Elohim and the word Shalana. Okay. Elohim Shalanu, our God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what do you notice about the um, Yud and the Mem under here? What does Yud and Mem signify at the end of a word? What's Yud and Mem? Plural, right. Now, how can the Jewish people have a name of God that's in the plural? How could it be we have a name of God in the plural? So the answer is that this name... Oh, what's wrong with this picture? Am I still in the frame there? What's wrong with this picture? It turns a little bit. You can turn it a teeny, teeny bit. So, what is this... um, What's wrong with this picture? If God's an infinite being, I put him outside the finite world. He's infinite. He's beyond space and time. He's unlimited by space and time. What did I do in this picture? I limited him outside space and time. So how God fills space and time, the rice and the beans, is these, these squiggly lines have to go inside the circle. And this is Elohim, the name of God representing inside space and time is Elohim. So, so why is the plural coming? Why is the plural? Because inside the world, inside the physical world, there's multiplicity. You have glasses, you have a suit jacket, you have a shirt, you got buttons, you got a body, you got hair, you got ears, you got you got, you got this guy over here next to you, he's not you, and you got this okay, table. about the essence of Hashem, not about... No, we're out of essence now. Now we're in, we're in what's called the world of the divine. Divine, it should be noted that the word divine does not mean God. The word divine means God imminent inside of everything. It's called Elokut. And Elokut is how God manifests from infinite into the finite. Because, think about it, before there was something, there was what? Nothing. And that nothing's what we call God, ultimately, because whatever precedes this place is, is that being. Before space and time, there was absolutely nothing. And that nothing created the world, and that's why we call it God. Because it's not, meaning it's nothing in that it's not knowable. It's not made of stuff. It's not made of anything. And so, but that nothing had to make the world out of something, because there was nothing. So, did God go to Home Depot? Did God go to Costco? Where did God go to buy the world? Where did he go get the stuff from? The answer was, well, all there was was God. So where did God go to get the stuff? The whole world's made of himself. 
well, then we have to clearly distinguish there's God beyond creation and there's God in the stuff. And God inside the stuff is called elokut. Or in this case, the state of God inside stuff is elokut. Like God inside of this or inside this table or inside my sweater is called elokut. But the name of God that God creates the physical world with is elokim. So everything you ever see and everything you've ever touched was made of elokim. It's all made of Elohim, or we call it Elokut, which is the state of God inside creation. Yeah. Um, um, so the word before Hashem. Yeah. That's outside the physical. That's world. eminent. Yeah, beyond. No, not doesn't pertain to the physical world. No, it caused this creation to take place through these worlds called the Olamos. Yeah, and the Olamos. Once you're in the Olamos, that are these these you know parallel realms where the ten spheres do their weaving it ultimately pops out into this world, which is the physical world out here, but all of that's made of Elohim. That's all made of Elohim. But, but the word before... <clears throat> Hashem. Not, is, Hashem is not referring to the physical... His presence in the physical it's world. Beyond, that's the whole thing I was saying, but, but beyond this, space and time. But this word is. Oh yeah, this is in space and time. That's Elohim. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have two names for every bracha. You ever thought about that? Anyone ever like... We're so used to growing up saying, Baruch Atah Hashem Elohim... Sorry, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu. That none of us ever stopped and said, "Why are we using two names of God? What kind of monotheistic tradition has two names for God? Why do we have two names? And it's in every, it's everywhere. Almost every bracha has two names of God, and Shema Yisrael also has two names of God, Hashem and Elokeinu. And the answer is one is eminent, surrounding; it's beyond, and one is imminent within. Which is called the divine. One is one is beyond creation. That's not the divine. That is that is essence of this unknowable being. And then there's how God shows up in what's called elokus, elokim. There. So why are there brachas without the second name? Like for example, you know, there sometimes are. Um, no, Amotzilechem has the second name, but the but there are brachas like when it's when the brachas the end of a long bracha like Baruch Shemar. So if it's a, this other edge of the sandwich of the bracha, so then it doesn't need bracha. It doesn't need Elokeinu Melachalam. For example, Yotzer Or we say Baruch Hatashem Yotzer Ma'ores because we already started with Baruch Hatashem Elokeinu Melachalam. So as the bottom of the sandwich or all of Shmon Esther, but Shmon Esther doesn't have any Elokeinu Melachalam. Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu we got. Oh, we do have, yeah, yeah. We do, but then, it, that's, then it's over. Okay. Now, Elokeinu is how God fills space time. So I'll bring the circle back here. Here's the circle. And here you are. And here's the arrow. We're going to point to this spot in the middle. So we have Baruch Hashem, surrounding space and time, Elokeinu, filling space and time, inside creation, imminent, within. And that's, that's, where, that's really where spirituality is for the most part. I mean, you've got to be, be pretty heavy duty to start being like on the spiritual path where you're studying into beyond space and time stuff. But... Anyone can anyone can eat a slice of challah staring at his wife. 
and just sensing God in that moment. Anyone can do that. Anyone can drink a craft beer and have that IPA dance across his tongue and just feel Hashem in that in that moment. That's Hashem inside this world. With it. anyone can go to the Swiss Alps and just look at those incredible peaks and just sense God inside that. And this is God in nature, so to speak. And that's why the numerical value of Elohim is uh, Aleph is one, Lamed is thirty, Hey is five, and ten is. Yud is 10 and 40. What's that equal? 31, 36, 46, 86. Is the numerical value of the word. Uh, 5 plus 9 plus 2 plus 70. What do we get there? Uh, 86. 1086? Excellent. 72, 81, 86. Okay, which is, this is a word for nature. An emphatic, like the nature. Yeah, obviously the hay is convenient, but, but, it's, uh, but our Kabbalists actually bring it down as connected. That the word the nature, ha-teva. Meaning it's emphatic, it's not just saying nature, it's the natural world is made of Elohim. It's all made of Elohim. And that's the divine. And again, though, everyone should note that the divine's not God. God's infinitely beyond the divine. These, the divine God created the divine worlds. When we die, for example, we're all going to be going into those parallel realms that are creating this place. So as much of you, as you may enjoy the Swiss Alps, what's, creating, what's above this, creating the Swiss Alps, is way more pleasurable. And even the Swiss Alps, like, it gets old, you know. Like, I, I was there for... Uh, you know, I went with my wife a couple of years ago for 10 days. And, and we had to keep pulling the car over while we were getting into the Alps. Like, we had kept pulling the car over just to, like, I couldn't drive. I was in such awe. But by the time we, we were there for 10 days, then I was already like, yeah, nope. <laughs> Next. Um, but, the, uh, but you don't have that happen when you're in the actual vibrations creating the Swiss Alps. When you live in that realm, which is where we'll be, you know, when the soul's no longer limited by this, the physical world, and these eyes, and these ears, you know. Music won't get old anymore up there. And the whole thing's made of music, because the whole thing's vibrational. And what's music's vibration. So the whole thing's really, just, that's, that's why, Aboyche Beshire Zimla, Zemer is vibration. Everything's, Shem chose Zemer, he chose vibrations vibrational frequency to create our world. So it's a zimra. He, he chose to create this place with shirei zimra. Okay. And uh, so we got to Elokeinu, which is amazing. We're doing pretty well. It's four o'clock. But let's, let's practice Elokeinu real quick. So this is going to be Elokeinu, which is Elokeinu Shalano. Um... The reason why we say Elokeinu, even though it sounds quite ethnocentric, like who are we to call God our God? Like he's not everyone's God? Obviously he's everyone's God. So why are we being possessive about our relationship with God? And the answer is because of the prophecy about Sinai. Because of our direct link that we all had this prophetic experience as a nation and we're all reincarnations 
we're all reincarnations of the people who stood at Sinai. So that's why we call him Elokeinu. Because he's not like the God of our father only. See, someone who's got a tradition of God in their family, so God gets talked down the line, and so you always have Elokei Avotainu. You have the God of our father, or the God of our forefathers. That God of our parents, which hopefully you were raised with, that God of our parents, anyone can have, Jews can have, Gentiles can have, anyone can have that. But Elokeinu means that you have a first-hand experience of God. It's not just your parents' God, this is your God. And you, you, were, you stood at Sinai. You were there. You experienced it. Now, for those of you who can't quite remember your Sinai experience, remember your Sinai experience? Remember yours? For those of you who can't remember your Sinai experience, um, your challenge in life is to turn God into a locano. You, you need to turn God into a locano. It's cute and sweet that you were raised observant, so you have a locavaceno. But you need to make it Elokeinu if you're planning to give it to your children. Because you can't give your children your parents' God. You can give your children your God. And they'll be able to say Elokeinu, the God of our parents. But, but you yourself have to make... You every day say Elokeinu. And that's our God. And you have to have that relationship for your kids to be able to say Elokeinu. How do you get that relationship? Well... That's what we're doing here, and we're we're working on that. We're we're doing pretty good so far. You know, we're, we're getting the, to an Elocano state here. Um, and then obviously there's intellectual proofs, which Ishitor is really good at, and stuff like that. But it's not everything because it's not personal. Someone proving God doesn't make it your God. It makes that there is a God. But it's not a personal relationship. Now uh, prayer helps a lot to create a personal relationship. And I don't mean the, I don't mean the prescribed prayer of the sitter. I mean, heartfelt personal prayer is uh, helps make God elokeinu, makes makes him, you know, a personal God to you. And um, oh man, there's something else I was going to say that was really important. You all seem so mesmerized today. You're like. A little bit like, I feel like I got to check everyone's pulse. Yeah. But mine too, by the way. I'm like super mellow today. <laughs> if I burn any more sage today, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and I'm, tonight I'm leading a four and a half hour like meditation experience. Speaking of which, meditation is uh, our Tubishvat uh, Seder. There's Tubishvat Seders going on all over town. I'm running a, a men's Tubishvat Seder this year, which is which is just uh, like for hardcore meditators. Um, there's going to be tons of fun ones, lots of fun ones. Asian Tor even has its own fun one. And uh, so there'll be a lot of fun ones. Ours is not fun, and ours is like, okay, it's fun. It is fun. I forgot about the music. There's a lot of music and dancing and stuff because we get elated and we just start dancing and cranking the music. But it's, um, uh, anyway, two Bishvats coming up. Um, so any meditators who can handle 12 hours of food meditations, which is like really, a, it takes patience to, and, but it's also the part of Tubishvat is, is fixing the sin of Adam and Eve who ate the fruit. That fruit was apparently allowed to be eaten if they had just waited till the end of the day, but they like jumped in a little too early. So it's a patient 12 hour 
experience of gratitude with food. And uh, anyway, but if, if there's any men who are interested in being part of that, please let me know. There's also for hardcore female meditators, there's going to be a Tubishvat Seder for women in the old city with this great Kabbalistic lady named Sarah Schneider. And she's, maybe it's Yehudit, Sarah Yehudit, maybe? Sarah Yehudit Schneider. So females who are into meditation, she's going to be leading a few hour meditation, food meditation. Um, to get involved in that, you could... Uh, uh, be in touch with, I guess, my wife or something through me or directly to my wife. Okay. Um, here we go. We're going to practice. So Elokeinu is how God fills space and time. This is God imminent inside of space and time, meaning Elokus, within. Okay, here we go. Everyone, three breaths, and then we're going to be done today. We're going to just go through Elokeinu for a little while, and then we'll do all, all four words. Inhale. Exhale. You can close your eyes. I closed mine. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Eloikeinu. Louder. Inhale. Eloikeinu. Inhale. Keep it strong, I'm going to say it. God filling space and time inside of all things. He's the oneness within it all. Inhale. When you say this word, you can fulfill the commandment of recognizing God's oneness, which is Achtu Sashem. Inhale. God imminent within. All things in the world of plurality. That's why it's plural. Inhale for Baruch. Baruch, which humbles you that you're even saying Baruch, and it's Baruch is drawing down from the source of sustenance. Inhale. Ata, ata, second person essence of the being that you're speaking to, and you also have that essence since you humbled yourself with Baruch. You're part of God. Hashem. Inhale. Hashem was, is, will be, surrounding space and time, master of the world. Inhale. Filling space and time in a direct connection, our God, a relationship that you have with God. Going back to Baruch, inhale. A little louder, please. Humble. You're humbling yourself before God. God's the source of all reality. Inhale. Ata, the essence of God, this second person calling him you, and you're part of that essence. Your contemporary, inhale. Eloikeinu, surrounding space and time, was, is, will be, master of all. Inhale. Did we just say Eloikeinu? Sorry, Hashem, inhale. Hashem. Surrounding space and time was as will be filling all creation. Inhale. Filling space and time. Imminence. Arga. Okay, open your eyes. In case I don't get to Melech HaOlam tomorrow because I see I'm losing patience. So, 
Melech HaOlam is, it, it, Melech is a certain, there's a lot of ru- words for leadership and rulership in Hebrew. Melech is the most kind one. It's a, it's a Melech in a, it, that's a, a Melech in a relationship. What does that mean? How can a Melech be in a relationship? And the answer is free will. See, when you think king, you, you immediately think despot. You immediately think that there's a lo- going to be a loss of free will amongst the citizens. But this is an interesting melech. This is the melech that lets you just, gives you lots of slack, lets you get in lots of trouble. It act- He actually will orchestrate the trouble you get in. Like, have you ever thought about it? Even the stupid moves you've made were orchestrated by God. Meaning there's a very mature being that lets you, you know, mess yourself up. But he's still the king. He's an absolute king of the universe. I mean, this is definitely the king of the universe. It's just a king of the universe that grants you to choose to be close to him or to go away from him. How does he do that? Through being hidden. Being hidden. And the word hidden in Hebrew is, is the word ayin lamed mem, alam or ne'elam. Hidden. Or the word olam. Melech ha'olam, the hidden God. The way that he does it is by being hidden. Thank you very much, everyone. Shalom. So I'm asking you all to do at least one bracha day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.